once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. It seems straightforward. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But then came the zinger, and who is my neighbor? If you love generously, would you have to ask? Lead teacher Randy Pope brings us part one of the new series, Loving Generously, which covers Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. Thank you for joining us today. What I'd like to do is to, is to uh, ask a question. I'll throw a question at you. The question being this, what would you say is the single most important thing that a person give their attention of life to? If there's just one thing, what is the most important thing a person can be committed to? Now, we could answer that in a lot of different ways. It's interesting that Jesus was asked that question. In fact, I want to show you in, in Mark chapter 12, this is how he is asked. One of the scribes came, heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? Meaning, okay, Jesus, you tell us, what do you think is most important of all things that we give our attention to? I don't know how you and I might answer that, but we know how Jesus answered it. Look what he said. The most important one answered Jesus is this, and he quotes out of the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so he says, actually, you can't answer with one thing. There are two things. One is to love your God. Number two, love your neighbor even as you would love yourself. Very interesting. The focus of this particular series that we're engaging in now is going to be on the latter part of that answer, and that is we are to love one another. What does it mean? How do you do it? Folks, there is not a more critical question to be answered. How do you love as God has taught us to love? And so we're going to pray now and ask God to bless this series, okay? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we ask you that you would bless as we walk through these five weeks together. We pray, Father, that you would keep our schedule such that we could be here to participate on a regular basis, that we could keep abreast of the teaching and what you have to say on this particular subject matter. So we ask you now, would you open our hearts Open our minds, bring your truth to bear upon our hearts, believing that, as you have said, we shall know the truth, and the truth sets you free. We want that freedom. Bless, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be focusing for this week and next in a text in Luke. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10, if you will. Luke chapter 10. We're going to pick up beginning in reading in verses 25. We'll read through verse 29 in this first part of loving generously. Here's how it reads. And a lawyer stood up and put him, Jesus, to the test, saying. So you keep in mind, when he's coming to Jesus now, 
It's to test him, meaning he's challenging what Jesus is saying, who Jesus is. He's trying to trap him if he can. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What do you think he's expecting Jesus to say? If his trap works, he's going to hear him say, you need to follow me. Because that had been the message of Jesus. You come, follow me, follow me, follow me. And they'd heard such an emphasis on that. They said, Mano, you're missing the law. You're missing what the Bible has to say. And so it says this. He said to them, well, what is written in the law? So in essence, he says, why don't you tell me? How does it read to you? And so this man, who's the lawyer, answers. And by the way, I should tell you, as a lawyer, don't think of the lawyers of today. <laughs> Why do you laugh when I say that? <laughs> they were far worse than our lawyers today. <laughs> These would be those that were experts of the Mosaic law. These were religious lawyers. They were the ones to know everything about the Old Testament, not civil law as we think of it. it. This was knowing the detail of the Mosaic law, Old Testament law. They would be as a seminary professor would be today. So he should know the answer. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. He's saying, I agree with you. Do this and you will live. Very interesting. He's saying, I actually agree with your answer. If you want to know what's required to have eternal life, you better love your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and so forth. And by the way, not just that, you have to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. So technically, they were in agreement. But in reality, they're miles apart in understanding the answer to that question. The reality is, there is a requirement to keep the law. So let me ask you the question, do you think you have to keep the law to get into heaven? That's an important question. Apparently, Jesus is saying yes to that question. You have to keep the law to be able to go to heaven. Now, to what extent and all that, that's a different subject matter. So I want you to look at the first of five truths that you have in your outline that we're going to cover over the five weeks. And the first is simply this. The practice of loving generously is one of two conditions required for eternal life. If I were to ask the typical Christian what's required to have eternal life, the answer would be, oh, you have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Is that correct or wrong? It's a correct answer. You have to put your faith and trust in Jesus. But Jesus answers it with far greater technical expertise, and he says, if you want to know how you become a follower or how you actually get to go to heaven, then you keep two commandments. You keep the commandment to love your God with all of your heart, and you love your neighbor as yourself. So they agree technically, but again, as I say, they're miles apart because the lawyer never understood 
the concept behind how do you live a life of love. You see, this particular lawyer was thinking he could do that. I'll just live out the law, and I will live a life of love, and God will let me into heaven. So you know what he does? He gives a parable. Do you know what the parable is that follows this? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. I mean, the two are attached completely. And he's going to say, I'm going to show you that you don't understand what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. And he focuses on that very issue. Do you remember the story, what happens? There's a fellow that's traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem. He gets robbed and beaten, and he's left for dead on the side of the road. He's not dead, but he's, he's badly injured. And uh, here comes a priest who would be a Jewish person, the highest order of the, of the Jewish people, and he comes by, and he doesn't help. And then the Levite comes by, and he doesn't help. And Levite, again, a high order of the, of the Jewish people, who were the people of God. And then here comes a Samaritan. We'll talk about him next week, who he is and why he was so despicable to the eyes of the, of the Jewish people. But he comes along and he shows love. And God uses, Jesus uses that parable to say, you realize that you, you're not living a life of love? And that's what he wants to show us. And that's what we want to see about this issue of how important the idea of love actually is. So, if you have your text, again, we're in the, uh, the text in Luke. But you know what? There are a lot of texts that say the same thing over and over. Think about the book of James. Many of you are familiar with James. James is teaching, he says, if somebody comes along and they don't have the clothing that they need, and you bless them and say, you know, Godspeed be with you, and, you know, hope all goes well, and you don't give them the clothes... You know what he says? He says, then faith without works is, and you fill in the blank, you that know, dead. He said, you, what he's saying is faith without works is not even real faith. So if you think you have faith, but you see you're not loving your neighbor as you would yourself, then that's going to tell you something about your faith. Now, not only there, you keep going through scripture, you come to the text of, uh, of Matthew chapter 19. This is what's known as the story of the rich young ruler, if you know that story. The rich young ruler comes by and he says, hey, teacher, good teacher, tell me, what does it take to get into heaven? I want to know. How do I get to heaven? Do you know what his answer is? He says, go take your possessions, you sell them, take the money, and feed the poor. Then you'll have life. You look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you just steered him wrong. You told him it's a salvation by works. And the Bible teaches everywhere that it's salvation by putting faith in Christ. It's not by your works. He, let me just show it to you in another way in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31. This is the story of the sheep and the goats, you might know it as. This is how he says it. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. 
You know, being a left-handed person, every time I read that, I wonder why it's always… Anyway, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? And, or naked and us clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of the least of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. That is powerful. Very powerful. Folks, you need to understand this is not teaching that all social workers go to heaven. It's not the teaching. You've missed everything until you understand this. What he's saying here is the fruit of trees reveals life the fruit of trees never creates life. Doing these things would not make somebody to be a follower, but a true follower would have the heart, if not even the full obedience, would have the heart, desire, effort, seeking to do that very thing. When a person says, ah, that's not my business, no, don't care about it, he says it's going to show there's something missing and it's what's missing in the heart. So here's the teaching. The teaching is simply this. The condition to get to heaven is not just your relationship with God. Your relationship with God, if real, is going to create a relationship with people. And we're going to serve even the least of these. Let me conclude by asking the question, have you ever had that button pushed in the depth of your soul? Not that you're obedient and faithful and, oh, man, I just live it out every day. Maybe not, but has the button been pushed which says there is an awareness, there is a, a conviction, there's a sense of call, a sense of I wish, I want to, I know, I, God, give me the strength, God, help me, fail sometimes, obey. But has the button even been pushed? That's the question. What he's saying is, if not pushed, not real. Some of you know the name Robert Murray McShane, one of the greatest of all time of God's leaders. He said it this way when preaching one time. He said, there are many hearing me who know well they're not Christians because they don't love to give. Give to God, give to others. I want you to look where we're going over the next weeks. Look at your list of five truths. Look what's coming next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about the essence of loving generously, and it's to love one's neighbor as oneself. And then look ahead at the next two, verse numbers uh, three and four. Number three, one cannot generously love others until first being loved generously. And the next one goes hand in hand. We'll cover it in one week. 
After being generously loved, one can't help but to generously love others. So there's something that happens in the life of an individual when we truly meet Christ, we fall in love with him, something happens. We are then embracing the most generous love that man has known, and once embracing that kind of love, I'll tell you, there will always be the button push that says, yes, how can I not give that same love to someone else? There is a longing to do that. Even though there may be challenges, resistance, fears, all kinds of things, which is why we're in this series, because we want to break through some of those things. I think you're going to find that the film that you're about to see is going to help you break through. I've seen it now several times. I could see it again and again and again because it speaks to me so deeply. This film has had a previous film, as I mentioned. It was called Living Generously. This is Loving Generously. It, too, five, seven or eight-minute films that tell a story. Some of you might want to go online and watch it. It's available throughout this series only. But you could go back to get a little history, a little story of, of what really is happening in the characters' lives. This is going to pick up a whole new story, but I think you might like to know what's gone on in their lives previously. It makes a, a pretty big impact. But you can go online to go perimeter.org slash, and then just put living generously. Not loving, but living generously. If you would like to take the movie this week, The Peace, because you might want to show this to a friend, you can go to our podcast and find it there. Free of charge. comes up on Tuesday. You can go on perimeter.org slash messages, and you can get it there. You can get the video, the audio with it, the video, the whole thing. I mean, the, you can get audio or you can get the video if you want the film as well. But know it'll be there for these weeks so that you can keep inviting friends and keep them abreast. It's well worth your time to do so, I do believe. Our Father, as we give our gifts now, perhaps you would allow us to get a glimpse in our own heart as we would... Just evaluate why or why not we choose to give. Lord, we want to be a people who love to give, and particularly as we know uh, those that receive what we give are so benefited and blessed. So uh, God grant us to kind of get a little glimpse of our heart even now. But then as we look at this film, I pray that you would, you would speak to us. Let us have a good glimpse into our own lives as we watch. So be honored. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think, Frank? Honey, it looks great. Don't worry. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? You've done a really great job. I'm impressed. Did you expect anything else? Oh, look here. Pansy, honey. Oh, nice. Frank, Cassie. <laughs> hey. hey. Welcome to Seed Time Garden Supply Partners. <laughs> Come here. Oh. Closer to the side, closer to God. Ray looks amazing. <laughs> it really does. We were going to bring a grand opening gift, but my go-to is usually a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores, I wanted to meet Frank and Cassie Donovan. 
We made this whole thing happen. Oh, we helped a little bit. Raise the one with the green thumb. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. Well, actually, I think we met some time ago down at the soup kitchen. That's right. You haven't been there in a while. Well, I haven't had the need lately. <laughs> Thanks to Ray here. You know, you should come out to the banquet tonight. You could be Ray's plus one. Oh, she wouldn't want to sit through some old stuffy banquet with a bunch of rich folk. I can decide if I want to go to some stuffy banquet myself. Thank you very much. It's not stuffy. What? <clears throat> okay, so it's a little stuffy. But what do you expect? It's for the soup kitchen donors. If you've got a better idea. You do, don't you? <laughs> he also said to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't just invite your friends and relatives and rich neighbors, the kind of people who can return to favor. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. It does kind of make sense to invite the people the benefit benefits, right? So basically it's like a metal detector, but only it finds plastic. You know what I'm saying? But what would you find with it? What do you mean? Plastic. I'm afraid almost uh, four years ago at, at the kitchen. Excuse me, I have some people for me. This is Thomas and his fiancée, Julia. We've enjoyed getting to know them at the kitchen. It's great to meet you, Thomas. Yeah, you too. Oh, I'm sort of the official handshaker for us. <laughs> I am so oh, sorry. sorry. It's okay. I saved tons of money on hand sanitizer. May I speak with you for a moment, please? Oh, Victoria, I'd like to... I'm sorry, some... dear. Um, I'm afraid I won't be able to stay for dinner, but you can put me down for my usual donation. Oh, thank you. But I'm sorry that you have to leave so soon. I'm not exactly sure why things were changed this year, but you should probably know that a few people feel a little ambushed by how this was done. Ambushed? I just thought you'd want to know. Aren't you staying for dinner? Not for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Did we do something to upset you? I don't see no name card says Chuck. That's a good point, Chuck. But I don't see a card here with anyone else's name on here, do you? No, sir, I suppose I don't. Chuck, from the looks of it, we are gonna have plenty of food to go around. So, would you please join me for dinner? Cassie, thank you. It was a great evening. Y'all right. take care. Right. Take care. Drive safe. What a lovely evening. Yeah. <laughs>
Something wrong, Frank? I was just thinking about the people who left earlier tonight. But hey, more food for us, right? <laughs> you know, some people only want to sit at tables when every seat is reserved for people like themselves. When you want real community. You got to rip up name cards and prepare to get your hands dirty. I know a thing or two about getting my hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why we hated to lose Ray as a gardener. Oh, yeah. Julia, is something wrong, dear? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say what's on your mind. You're among friends here. It's just I haven't been a part of many meaningful relationships lately. Except Thomas, of course. <laughs> Thomas is about the only healthy thing in my life. It's okay, sweetheart. Julia lost her apartment today. It's a long story, but we're trying to figure out how to deal with some people who think that they get to decide what table Julia sits at. Oh. I know that there's a lot there that won't be solved right now, but Frank and I might be able to help out in some small way. We have a guest house that we would love for you to use for as long as you need it. Uh, no, I, I couldn't. No, uh, uh, thank you, Mrs. Donovan, um, but... No, hold on, Thomas. I know you can't see my wife right now, but if you could, you'd know not to mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we insist. I, I, I don't know what to say. Say thank you, dear. Uh, <laughs> of course. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's well, settle then. Oh. 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 This was nice, Ray. Yeah. Especially knowing God will repay you. So I don't have to. <laughs> Of truth in that uh, little story, and as it develops, I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more coming. So, look forward to that. Let me close asking this: How about specifically in your own situation, the people that you have invited into your own life? I ask myself the same question: Are they people only that we feel comfortable with? That Everything is easy and fun and enjoyable and there's something to be returned because of our enjoyment of being with those people? Or are we making a place at the table for people that are maybe unlike us? This is going to speak of not just having people to your home and socializing, but how do we deal with the, the person at work that we just don't like, that we just don't connect with and we don't want to love? Or better yet, what about your spouse if you're at a, a point of entanglement and you're saying, I'm just, I'm not there? Are you going to be able to love them and invite them to your table, so to speak? I think this has a lot to say to 
a lot of us. And I would encourage to go see Jesus. You got to meet Jesus. Remember what we close with. You got to see his generous love for us. We have to see that before we're ever going to be able to have the ability to share that same generous love with somebody else. And that's where we want to see us go over these next few weeks. It's a building process. We're going to see God break into our hearts and through our hearts in big ways. You'll see on the insert that you have, I want you to take the insert home. And I want you to read over that, if you would. And it ends with a few suggestions. They're just some possible suggestions of little steps, beginning with maybe just an act of kindness to someone that has nothing to give back to us in return sometime this week. Ending with maybe having somebody over to your home for dinner. That would be someone that is not simply because you want them there to enjoy their company, but you may have something to give to them that they could use. And as it suggests there, there's always a table open at his banquet table. Just waiting, people waiting to be invited to come sit next to us. And that's what we want to explore How are we going to get there over the next weeks? We're going to be talking about the essence. We're going to be talking about the how-tos. We're going to explore all areas of how do we love generously. Let's close our time with prayer. Father in heaven, we're going to ask you to allow us to not see this as an area where we have failed and therefore something we're going to try to do better at and Let's give it our better effort. I pray, Father, that we would see this as something that reveals a need in our heart that draws us closer to you to see you and your love and who you are and how we gain the power to be able to love. But God, grant these next five weeks, the four weeks that follow with this one, we pray, God, let this make an impact on us, the church, and the community at large. Thank you for your generous love through Jesus. And we thank you in the great name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day. Thank you.